0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church
1: or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Welcome. If it's your first time online or not, maybe you should turn to the person next to you today if you've got someone in your house with you and say, you know, you don't look bad considering you got out of bed five minutes ago and, uh, you know, those pyjamas are great. So, um, yeah, it's been, that's been one of the benefits of the lockdown sometimes, hasn't it? The fact that actually things have slowed. And I think we've been able to perhaps seek God in this time because of that slowness. That's a good thing. But we do miss gathering together. And believe me, when we can, we will. Uh, because this is not as good as having us all together to lift Jesus' name higher. So today, we continue our series looking at the I am's that Jesus said. And if you've got your Bible, we're going to be looking particularly at John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. And it's a bit of a two-parter. But I realised this week, uh, I left Rosie's panda mask at church. And obviously, we've had some light nights. So uh, it's increased, you know, it's been a bit traumatic, really. In fact, you could say there's been a bit of pandemonium. But anyway, hey, okay, I thought I'd start with that one today. So... uh, Gotta have a dad joke if you can have the opportunity. (laughs) I love a good fact. I don't know about you, but I love a good fact. And this week I've learned a couple. One of them, my daughter told me, she said, did you know what a group of ladybirds is called? And I had no idea. So if you learn nothing else today, I've got three facts for you that you might never have heard of. A group of ladybirds is called a loveliness of ladybirds. Isn't that nice? A group of ladybirds is called a loveliness of ladybirds. The other thing I've discovered was the old Nokia text tone. The old Nokia text tone went da 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 Does anybody know why it was that specific tone? Because it's Morse code for SMS, and it's an SMS text. Don't know what SMS stands for, but the tone's quite impressive. Someone's trying to tell me now, and I'm rubbish at lip reading, so I won't even try because I'll get it wrong. The last fact is this. Thomas Edison, the inventor, proposed to his second wife using Morse code. It's a fact, a bit sad, but it's a fact. He proposed to his wife using Morse code. If any of you out there are looking for innovative, creative ways to propose to your partner, then uh, use Morse code. They might not understand what you're trying to say, but it's interesting, isn't it? So facts. This morning's I am is a different I am. We've had I am the bread of life. We all know what bread is. We know what bread is used for. Bread is that staple ingredient of life. It's that Unless you've got an allergy to it. But it's that staple ingredient to everyday life. I am the light of the world. We all know the difference between light and dark. And actually, that's an easy one for us to understand and get with. But today we reach John chapter 10 and verses 1 to 10. The first of a two-parter that follow each other. Next week is I am the good shepherd. This week, Jesus says... I am the sheep gate. And if I said to you today in Barrow and Furnace in 2020 or wherever you're watching, what is a sheep gate? Who would know the answer? Well, you might go, well, it's just a gate for sheep. But there's more to it than that. There's a lot of facts today. We, might, we all know what a gate is. You might have one in your back garden fence. You might have one at the front of your driveway. You might have a safety gate on your stairs for your children. You might have a turnstile gate at a football ground. Maybe if Jesus was around today, he'd have said, I am, I am the kissing gate because you've got to come through there and, and, and love me in order to get through. Maybe today he would say, I'm the security gate at the airport because you can't get into the terminal without going through security. But there's more to this I am than simply, it's a gate. There's more to what Jesus said. And today, we're gonna look at it. There's a few facts in today's sermon. And I wanna learn a little bit about what the sheep gate was. But before I carry on, here's Jackie Moore with today's reading from John chapter 10, verses one to 10. Thanks, Jackie.
0: John 1 to 10 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life.
1: Thanks for that, Jackie. Much appreciated. And I hope Eric and all the children are doing well with you. So today's message, hopefully, will be full of some facts that add a bit of colour and context to the verses that we've just heard. If you've got your Bible, it's helpful to have them in front of you just so that you can recognise the fact and see the context. So what was the Sheep Gate? Well, Jerusalem had many gates, 12 in fact, into the Temple Mount. And if you were to read Nehemiah chapter 3... It begins with the restoration of the walls. And the first gate that was restored in Nehemiah chapter 3 was the sheep gate. But what was the sheep gate? There was other gates called beautiful. And surely that would be a good one to restore first. You know, something that's beautiful. But a sheep gate, there was a gate called the dung gate. We're not going to go into that one this morning. But the sheep gate, what was the sheep gate? Well, it was the only gate that wasn't barred and locked. There's an interesting fact it was a fairly unimportant looking gate. But what was a sheep gate? Keep asking the question. It was the gate that the sheep were taken through. That's an interesting fact. You could have probably guessed that. You could have deduced it. But not just any sheep. It was the gate that the sheep that was spotless and without blemish, the gate that the sheep without defect would have been taken through on their way to sacrifice for worship. The sheep gate was the gate for the perfect lambs the ones that would be used to worship in the temple. They would be checked through at the gate to make sure they were worthy, to make sure that they weren't damaged goods. And if they were damaged goods, they'd be turned away. It was also a gate that 2000 or so years later and more, Jesus would have walked through. Particularly as we look at John chapter five, he was next to the sheep gate when he healed the man at the pool of Siloam. Jesus would have walked through that gate. And he wasn't turned away because he was worthy. He was the spotless lamb without defect. And because Jesus went through that gate on his way into Jerusalem and then out to his sacrifice, the perfect spotless lamb, we aren't turned away either. There's no more need for all those sheep to process through that gate. But actually, the one lamb of God has already gone there for us. Jesus was worthy and the only sacrifice needed Nehemiah chapter 3 begins with the sheep gate being restored. And the whole chapter is all these gates being restored. And the chapter ends with the sheep gate. It begins with the sheep gate and it ends with the sheep gate. And that reminded me as I look at Jesus saying, I am the sheep gate, that it begins with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. Throughout our whole life, the beginning is restoration. The sheep gate was to be restored. Jesus says, I am the sheep gate. And that means we need to start with him restoring us, the perfect lamb of God. But in John chapter 10, there are actually two meanings. There are actually two meanings of this gate. Again, some interesting facts about sheep gates. There are two different things that the shepherds in Jesus' day would have totally recognised, that they would have totally understood. But we lose a little bit in Barrow in 2020. 2020. The first gate is in the first five verses. If you've got your Bible with you, check out the first five verses of John chapter 10, verses 1 to 5. The first gate is a gate in the town or the city. And it's a gate that it says the shepherd goes through and the watchman keeps watch. It's the gate for the shepherds. And then in the second half of today's reading, the second gate would have been a gate in the middle of the countryside, in the wilderness, a different type of gate. Let's look at the first one. If you brought your sheep into town, maybe you're in Millam, if you brought your sheep into town or, or somewhere like that, sorry, I don't want to offend anybody in the countryside, but if you brought your sheep into town, then there would be a sanctuary for them. You as the shepherd would lead the sheep into the sanctuary. There would be a watchkeeper who would make sure you checked your sheep in and then he would lock the gate for the night. But not only would your sheep be in there, everybody's sheep would be in there. But the shepherd would take the sheep through. The sheep would be secure. They would be safe. They would be provided for. And they would be looked after. The next morning, as a shepherd, you would go back through the gate. The watchkeeper would check that you were the person who owned some of these sheep. And the watchkeeper would allow you to go in. And the shepherd would then call out his sheep from the rest of the flocks. And his sheep would join him because they knew his voice. The shepherd would call out to his sheep, who would only respond to him. The other shepherds that they didn't know, they would run away from. They wouldn't go near. But the one shepherd went in through the shepherd gate, and the sheep would know his voice and follow him out. They say that mums particularly are attuned to their babies' cries. I can probably testify to this. When, when Joel and Chloe were babies, and uh, I'd wake up in the morning and say, we had a good night's sleep, didn't we? They didn't wake up once. And Ros would be saying, uh, you didn't wake up once, but actually I did. And mums are attuned to their children's voices. And so we hear a voice that we instantly recognise. I know one time on holiday... When Joel and Chloe were probably only toddlers, three or five maybe, and we were in Tenerife enjoying the sunshine. And I decided to go for a swim. I jumped into the cool pool and I decided to jump in there and enjoy and relax and daydream about what I was going to have for my dinner, what I was going to have for tea, and maybe even just think about what book I was going to read next. It was lovely. I'm swimming along, I'm daydreaming, probably thinking about all these things. When through the haze of my daydreams, I hear this voice that went something like this, Johnny, Johnny, okay? And all of a sudden my ears heard a voice I recognized and it was calling my name. And it was Rosie's voice. Who, all of a sudden, after I heard the Johnny, Johnny, she jumped fully clothed into the pool to rescue Chloe, who had sunk to the bottom because she'd seen Daddy in the pool and jumped in after him. I was oblivious. I was oblivious. But I did recognise Rosie's voice through the crowds of people. Unfortunately, I didn't recognise it early enough. And Roz was the one who had to get a bit uh, wet and covered in, you know, in, in her fully clothed outfit. But when I heard the familiar voice, I recognized it was Roz. Here, the sheep know the shepherd, not just know him by face, they recognize the shepherd's voice. They wouldn't go with a stranger. They wouldn't go after somebody who they didn't know. They knew his voice. They knew he was their protector. They knew he was their guide. And they knew that he would take them somewhere safe where they could be well fed. Jesus' point in these first five verses is that the Pharisees were like the thieves. The Pharisees were were the false teachers. They were trying to steal away the the words that Jesus had given. They were trying to lead people astray. Chapter 9 of John, just before this happened, they interrogate the blind man that we saw healed last week. They interrogate him and say, who healed you? Who did this? And they try to tell him that he's blind because somebody must have sinned. It's somebody's fault that he's blind. But Jesus says, no, it was to glorify him. It was to glorify him. In fact, in verses 28 to 29 of chapter nine, Jesus, the, the Pharisees say to the blind man, or this, this is what it says, they cursed him saying, you're his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. This is so last season. We are disciples of Moses Just think about that for a moment. This is in Jesus' day. How many prophets has God sent in between Moses and Jesus? How many men and women of God has God sent to speak his truth, to speak his words? I'm sure you can name at least 10, just off the top of your head, that God has sent between Moses and Jesus. And yet these Pharisees are still stuck with Moses. They're still stuck with those words. They're ignorant of Jesus. Jesus is in front of them. They've just seen a man healed who was born blind. Jesus did it. And yet they are still ignorant. They're ignorant of all those in between Moses and Jesus. And they're ignorant of what God has been trying to say to them. Today, if we belong to him, then we can hear his voice and trust it. We can hear his word and trust it. The shepherd that says, come this way, not that way. Jesus today will be saying to you, follow me, not the world. Follow me, not Johnny Harrison. Follow me, my truth is here for you. Love, not hate. Be generous, not stingy. Care, don't be careless. Those are the words of Jesus, to love even those who hate you. And so the first gate we see mentioned is the gate for the shepherds and the sheep know the shepherd's voice and later on next week we'll look at Jesus being the shepherd but those sheep come out from the rest because they're called by the shepherd. Jesus today is calling us and he's calling us to step out from the rest. He's calling us to step up for him and he's calling us to follow him that he will provide that he will bring safety, even if it's out in the wilderness, even if it's out in the countryside, away from everything they know there, Jesus will provide green pasture for them. This is where we see the next sheep gate fact. Because not only is there a gate for the shepherds, Jesus then says, I am the sheep gate. I am the sheep gate. In the country, in the wilds, it was very different to the town. If the shepherds wanted to stop for the night, they would find a four-walled or a circular enclosure that was built up to protect the sheep from the wind and the rain, to protect them from the wild animals. But actually, there was just a gap in one part of the wall, a gap that was just big enough for the sheep to go in and out. And you might say, well, what good is that? Well, the sheep would be led in to safety for sleep, for rest, for food maybe, for shelter. And then the shepherd would lie in the gap. The shepherd would lie across the gap in the wall so that the sheep wouldn't be able to escape. But actually nothing else could get in. Nothing could get in and hurt them and harm them. He would literally be in the way. He would literally stand in the gap. You might have heard that message in London if you've ever been on the tube. Mind the gap, mind the gap. Well, Jesus stands in the gap. Jesus lies in the gap. And the only way through into that sheepfold was to go across the shepherd. He would let the sheep go in and out as they saw fit, so long as he could see them. But he wouldn't let anything else in. The only way, if you wanted to be safe, if you wanted to be provided for, if you wanted to be protected... The only way in was through the sheep gate and actually over the shepherd. The only way in was through the shepherd. Nothing and nobody was going to steal those sheep. Nothing and nobody was going to hurt and harm those sheep. The shepherd had it all in control. The promise Jesus makes as we come to the end of these verses is that there is a way to be saved. There is a way to be saved. And today we know it's because he is the sheep gate. He is the one we must go through in order to receive protection, safety, provision. In order to know all that we need to know. In order to know protection from those things. Chloe was saved from drowning in Tenerife. Why? Because Ros jumped in to rescue her. She was the shepherd in that situation. I was just another sheep swimming around, probably not doing very well. And sheep often are are known as being a little bit daft, aren't they? They're known as being a little bit, you know, they'll eat grass on the other side of a fence instead of eating the grass that's in their field. Roz was being the shepherd and rescuing my little lamb. There you go, Chloe. Joel, you're my little lamb too as well. (laughs) Yeah. The sheep would be free to follow the shepherd. The sheep would be free and to be led into good pastures. They would be fed, they would be provided, be safe. Is that what we want today in Barrow? Do we want to be fed? Do we want to be provided for? Do we want to be safe? Do we want to be secure? Well, we need to go through the sheep gate. We need to know his voice and we need to go. There's only that one way. We can't jump over the wall. We have to go through But there would be some who wanted the sheep. Maybe some who were hungry, some who would desire their own interests. You know, the thief and the robber's interests are only for themselves. The thief and the robber think of nobody other than themselves. They want to steal, kill, and destroy. The verses in chapter 10 of John end with that phrase, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What's Jesus' purpose as the sheep gate? What's his promise today? To give a rich and satisfying life. If I said, who wants a rich and satisfying life? We'd all be hands up. We'd be queuing at the stores if they were offering it. Well, Jesus says today, come. Can you hear his voice? Can you hear his voice saying, come? Come to me, all who are weary. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I'll let you into the sheepfold and I'll protect you and I'll provide for you. I want to give you a rich and satisfying life. So why are we running after what other things offer? Why are we running after the thieves and the robbers? Why are we running after those that teach false things? What have we learned today from Jesus' declaration? First, that the sheep gate was a a gate for the perfect lambs. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the perfect lamb. He went through that gate and he did it for us. It starts and ends with Jesus that we just need to listen to his voice. Do you know, others will clamor for your attention. Other things, other distractions will shout for you to go with them or will clamor for you to turn away. But in everything, We must come back to what has Jesus said. We must come back to Jesus at the beginning, Jesus at the end, and Jesus everything in between. And we've learned that the only way into the safety of the fold was literally through him. That is our message as a church. The only way into eternity with him, an eternity that promises no pain, no suffering, no tears, is through his death, the perfect lamb on the cross. That is what we know. The only way into safety is through him. The shepherd lay in the doorway to protect. He willingly lay down his life to protect his sheep. Jesus gave his life for us because it was the only way. It was the only necessity. And now we need to accept the gift that he offers, the gift of a rich and satisfying life. The world will offer you all sorts of exciting options. The world will offer you attractive things that look like we will enjoy them and have great fun. The world will put its own slant on things. But in the end, it comes to steal, kill and destroy. Whereas Jesus came to bring life. There's many of you watching this today who have known what the world has offered and now know what Jesus gives. And life is better. Don't go back to that old way. Don't go back to the things you used to do, but instead, press on, run forward, throw the things off that hinder you. Jesus says, rich and satisfying, come to me, listen to me. I will provide, I will keep safe. I will lay down in the gap so that you can walk into that life. I will provide safety, I will provide food. And I will provide all that you need. So as I finish today, will we listen as he calls us out of the crowd? Will we listen and follow him to green pastures? Will we walk through his gate? And will we know his voice? I pray that we will. And I pray that we will spend time this week at least saying, God, where are you calling me? And what have you called me away from? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that today we can know your voice. Today we can know your thoughts. And today we have your word that we can trust. Help us to recognize that in everything, it's got to start and end with Jesus. It's got to start and end with Jesus, with Jesus in the middle I was reminded of a Blackpool rock this week that has the words running right through it. Father God, may our lives have Jesus running right through the centre. Father, I pray for anybody watching today who's never heard your call or who maybe has turned their back on what you've said. Father God, I pray that you will bring them back to you, that today they will have heard your voice saying, You need to sort that out. You need to turn away from that. Stop following the thieves and the robbers of this world and turn to the one who wants to bring rich satisfaction. Father God, help us to be those sheep that follow the right shepherd. And Father, help us to hear what you're saying. And Father, as Christians, help us not to be ones who give advice that is good or bad, but help us to be ones that give God advice, that keep saying, what does Jesus say? What does Jesus do? And Father God, may we be sheep that are fed fat and full because we're leading rich and satisfying lives in you. Amen.